Hello, I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in a podcast. podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. So, I'm a little down in this moment. You're looking a little sad. We've been watching Love Island on Hulu, Mm -hmm. and it's an amazing show from the UK. It's got six guys, six girls, all living in a luxury villa in an island by Spain. In the Mediterranean. We just got some sad news. I don't want to ruin it for anyone Mm -hmm. that's going to go out and watch it, but I'm down for the sad news. By amazing, you mean it's, it's like garbage, and it's amazing. It's like a trash can set on fire on an island off the coast of Spain. It's like, have you ever eaten a whole bag of gummy worms? No. Where it's awesome and you're like, oh, I ate a whole bag of gummy worms. Oh, I've eaten like a bag of those sour ones with yeah, all the sugar and whatever. it's so good. And then you don't really feel good about it, but you like that you did it. It's that for, for TV. Well, in my job, I think and do a lot all day. So when I get home, I don't want to think because my brain is tired. We call that a braincation. Yes. A brain. And it's, it makes sense. Did you just take two separate words and put them together? <laughs> it's called a portmanteau. Did you know that? I think we didn't know what it was. And James told us twice. He did tell us twice. It's funny that a portmanteau would be a word that is not other words put together. What if it is? Like an automatopoeia is not an automatopoeia. That's the one I remember, though. That's the I remember because of... Because it's the funnest word ever. And there was like a... I don't know if it was like Sesame Street or something, where it was like, pop, bang, automatopoeia. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. Imprinted on my brain. I got it. Must have been Mr. Rogers or something. I don't know. So this is Two Peas in a Podcast. It's a relationship show from two people that like each other very, very much. The second half of our show is the split where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it the first part of our show is p's and q's where we take a relationship question from our pod squad and talk about it every week we have a new question sent in from our listeners like stephanie mentioned and if you have a question for stephanie and i you can send it our way we take them mostly through email, so at contactppodcast at gmail.com. Send those to us, and we'll get you on the show. You can also join in on the conversation on our social media outlets. We are on the Twitter at contact, nope, just at ppodcast. And then on Facebook, at facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast. We also have a page, uh, but most of the conversation and all the fun stuff happens within the group. So join the group, subscribe to our channel on uh, any podcast network or app that you're a part of, and enjoy the show. So, let's go. My ex and I broke up a few weeks ago after a two-year relationship. I'm still feeling super down about it. What's making it worse is that she's already dating again. I guess this wouldn't be too big of a deal, except that the main reason why we broke up was because she said she was in a place in her life where she needed a break and time to herself. What do I do? I feel like she lied to me about why we broke up. This is really wearing on me. Do I confront her about the the lie? How do I best deal with this? So what was the reason they said that they broke up? And is it like a, like a little break or a break up? They broke up because she was like, 
I need time to, I need to be by myself. I need a relationship break. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So that's why they broke up and it's been a couple of weeks, but he sees that she's dating again already. Mm. What do you think? My first sense is I'm a little suspicious, you know, I'm a little suspicious, a little suspicious. I don't know if I would just come right out and be like, Hey you, but I'd like to hear your take. Cause my first instance is like, Hmm. Something, something, something's not right. Well, I think I have two thoughts. My first thought, and this is how I tend remember handling breakups, is you're broken up. Why does it matter? Like, okay. you're over. It's done. You can dwell on it forever, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like, you can spend hours thinking about it, days thinking about it, do therapy, do all this stuff. But... You're not getting back together. Like, the solution you want is Mm -hmm. gone. So, like, obsessing about it doesn't help. That being said, that's a really unhelpful answer that no one would like. (laughs) I was like, Stephanie, what about your favorite thing? Feelings. Um, (laughs) But I think what you're really getting at is how do I move forward if I don't know the cause of why we broke up? Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't really her then that means it was me. And mm-hmm. if I don't fix these things, how do I find someone in the future? Yeah. How do I, and then how do I trust other people? Like, how do I know? Well, if you don't have, so, it, I, I feel like sometimes we put too much stock in closure, like having to end a thing, find like some finality, but there is something about having a sensical closure that does make things easier. Yeah. I think one of the hardest things in the world is living in limbo where mm-hmm. you don't, where, like, if you have to make a decision, do I take this job or not? I think the hardest part isn't once you've made the decision, it's once in between. And right after a breakup, I think it feels like limbo because you're no longer together, but you don't want to be single, but you're not dating. It's this new identity you don't have yet, so it's a hard space to be in. And so I think the question then is, what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's obviously what you're asking. It, then I think you have options, mm-hmm. which is good. I think the best thing you could likely do is to try to have a conversation with her. And that's probably going to give you the most closure. So I think that's your first option. Mm-hmm. I think if you could try to confront it like, hey, I don't want to get back together, but help me understand why you started dating other people when you said you just needed time alone. Yeah. Because to me, that doesn't sound like you want time alone mm-hmm. or I mean, maybe she maybe a week was enough she was like i'm super boring i don't want to be alone with myself anymore that could be it so i think i would definitely talk to her i mean the other thing that i think can happen with women is i feel like i sucked at breaking up with people because i didn't want them to dislike me oh. when i was younger mm-hmm. And so I would always not really tell the truth about why I wanted to break up with them because I wanted to be nice and I never wanted them to feel bad. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of lie and give a different reason like, well, I'm going to college and I'm not going to have time because I'm going to be studying, which was really code for this is horrible and you're a terrible person. Not that you're a horrible, terrible person, but I think sometimes people don't tell the truth because they're trying to let you down soft. Yeah, okay. Hmm, that that makes sense. So what can our what can our friend question asker do? Because I had an idea. Let's hear I it. I want your idea next, but my idea is when I read this question and I thought my first thought, which I mentioned earlier, 
my second thought was you need to go treat yourself you need to go great idea you need to go you can like stephanie said don't dwell on it i know the the straight to the point you know cut and dry is just forget her i know it was two years move on you got your own thing going on treat yourself go get some money and go like do something fun go get a bunch of your buds go to a concert go watch a bunch of movies go play some video games don't do don't go do crazy make your favorite meal go do something go treat yourself and it sounds like you need a little bit of a confidence boost and nothing boosts my confidence than spending a hundred dollars on random stuff on amazon so make that happen and i think i think that will it's not gonna solve your problem but i think it's gonna make you feel better and that's gonna be a step towards healing and feeling better about yourself i think that's a great idea i think if you want to move towards recovery and becoming a new person doing something like that could be really cool like you could start buying magic cards and take up magic like del did yeah magic the get we didn't break up or anything i just started magic the gathering because i think i'm having a midlife crisis you're not old enough for midlife. Are you old enough for... You could be. I could be. If I only live to like... What's my age times two? 66. 66? Okay. <laughs> it could be. But uh, yeah, you could do that. You could find a hobby. Go start... Join the Y or something. I don't know. Go have some fun. Go do something cool. I think that's literally the only thing I can think of. Of like, man, this situation kind of sucks. You need to distract yourself for a minute. Yeah, it does suck. Yeah, it does suck. So that's 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 my input on on the on where to start. What do you think? Where do you where are you at? That's all I got. That's all you got. That's all I got. Okay, well that's all. We- oh wait, no, I did have one other. Thing. Yeah, I I could tell. I could tell. I don't know if I remember what it was. Oh man, I don't know. I think the other thing is, I don't know if she. It could be maybe she wasn't lying because some people think they need something. And then they get it, and they're like, wait, I just really didn't want that. So in the moment, she could have been telling the truth mm-hmm. and then realized, actually, I just kind of want to date people for a while and have a good time. You said something, is, and you say this too, that in this moment, I feel this. Yeah. And that might seem flighty. However, it is very true. Like, moment to moment, we do think and feel different things. And maybe in that time, it was true. And maybe a conversation with her, it will be totally pointless because it's like, well, it's this. So honestly, I think your best bet is. Try to have a open, a quick open conversation, but I'd approach it mm-hmm. honestly, probably more of a phone call than coffee. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I just wanted to talk to you on the phone for 20 minutes about something and like preface with I'm not trying to get back together. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to understand You'll something. You'll never see me again. I don't know if you got to go that far, but. <laughs> Well, Stephanie, I think we provided some good solutions to this question. It's it's a toughie, but I, I am excited about the opportunity of someone learning about themselves and having a good time doing it and coming out of a bad situation and like a phoenix from the ashes. Oh, that was my other thought. Oh. Last thought. Okay. I think you're probably scared to reach out and ask her to talk to you, but I would say you'll spend more time worrying and thinking about it if you don't reach out yeah than if you actually just do it mm-hmm. like i think sometimes the worst part is the fear of reaching out or contacting someone but mm-hmm. if you just like send a text and then wait a few days and mm-hmm. like if i ever am watching a movie that's scary i always think i always freak myself out that it's gonna be super scary because i don't like scary movies and i'm so scared of it that when i watch it it's not that scary yeah 
and this is the same thing so i think talking about it and reaching out isn't going to be as bad as you think it is oh great answer stephanie i i love that that was very cool very cool so i hope that this is helpful i'm pretty sure that it's going to set you in the right direction and uh, so thanks for the question and if any of the pod squad have any comments or thoughts or their own experiences with situations like this we'd love to hear from you so you can send us your story at contactppodcast at gmail.com or you can just comment on the episode in the group at facebook.com slash groups slash p podcast so i said p podcasts you know what that means stephanie The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. Oh, I'm so excited because you did such a good job setting up this episode last week. So I'm ready for part two, right? Yes. So this article is from Time Magazine, Mm -hmm. and it's called The Science Behind Happy Relationships. Because I think everyone wants to have a happy relationship. Yeah? Uh, I... Looked for the article, The Science Behind Miserable Relationships, but <laughs> that wasn't out there. It wasn't out there. I think we all know what those are. Do we? I'm, pr- I'm pretty we? sure. I'm pretty well, I guess sure. it would just be the opposite of this. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. Write that article before someone else does. Uh, and it's written by Sarah Trelevin, and it came out on June 26th. Okay. So in the article, she gives three evidence-based things for what it takes to be a happy couple so i thought we'd walk through those i like that there's evidence because there's things that i think make us happy couple good food good sense of time and uh terrible tv shows we watch those together boom science science boom next story go so (laughs) Last time, we talked about emotionally focused therapy, Mm -hmm. and that was pioneered by Sue Johnson. So the first of the three tips that we'll talk about, the first one is you need to maintain a really strong emotional connection with your partner. Oh, okay. And one of the things that the article says is that in order to do that, something that's really helpful is... Sending a cue and having the other person respond to it. <laughs> you know what would be good for that? What? Starting a podcast. Exactly. Because sometimes I can't really see your face and I have to listen. And that's very important in a relationship. And uh, we're learning to communicate better. And so I agree with you. I think that that's super important. And what she's really getting at here is that if you're constantly talking or putting something out there and getting nothing back, it just feels like you're not getting any emotion back and that can lead to discontent. Yes. I would say that feeling that way would be very discontenting. Discontent? Discontentious? Discontented? Discontent. Discontent. Uh, So... Sue Johnson, who came up with Emotionally Focused Therapy, has Mm -hmm. this quote. It's not just, are you my friend and will you help me with the chores? It's about emotional connection. Mm, These chores make me feel this way. It's not just about the chores. (laughs) It's about everything. I think sometimes when you're with someone, it's easy to fall into just that domesticity Mm -hmm. and... Good word. ...fall into the daily and not actually have that emotional connection it's like i can sweep the floors and do the dishes and do all these other chores 
and that might show you that I love you, but you still want like a hug <laughs> and yeah. like me to tell you I love you. Well, and when I'm talking, I want you to give me a response and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Emotional connection. Correct, Stephanie. You do. <laughs> Connected. Number two, keeping things positive. Mm. We talk about the Gottman Institute a lot or our research from John Gottman. My G-Man. He's back. And so she says that it's really important if you want to have a happy relationship to keep things positive a lot. Yeah. Not, yeah. So that reminds me of whenever we talk about... So the Gottman Institute has like the love lab thing, right? Yeah. Which when I hear that, it just reminds me of like an escape room <laughs> for suburban couple That's escape fair. room. So it's just like an escape room with like a lot of Ikea furniture. And then they just watch you fight and see how it happens. It's like a street... Not, not true. It's like Street Fighter mixed with escape room. So Cole says that emotional disengagement can happen when couples are not doing things that create positivity. Yeah, like rubbing magnets together. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a good one, wasn't it? And so with the Gottman... <laughs> no. <laughs> so the Gottman Institute advocates for doing small things frequently. Got it. Very cool. So... They say every day, try to find a way to compliment your partner because it really Aww. helps provide validation of why you're together. That's that's good. I like that. And you do you do a good job with that. You just tell me like, thank you. I love you. I'm like, oh, that means a lot. It's like, I know you love me. Maybe I'm just too high maintenance. But when you say it, I'm just like, oh, she does love me. It's just really nice. Well, and the trick is just to have a lot of positive interactions with your partner. Because if you're always fighting or saying negative things, you know, that can be rough. It's, it's you know, it's why they call it negative, I guess. <laughs> it's not positive. Number three. <laughs> it sounded like you're going to be like a numero and you... you Totally, and I you totally swerved me. I just couldn't dedicate. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, listen to the brain, not just your heart. Okay. So this is uh, Helen Fisher, who's from the Kinsey Institute, and she put people in a brain scanner, and she found that there are three components found in people that report high relationship satisfaction. Oh, cool. So it's not just like, oh, because we always talk about like, Cupid and my heartbeats and my Twitter pated and stuff. So there's some brain action here too, huh? Yes. Okay. And so the three things uh, that she found for people who have high satisfaction in their relationships: number one, they practice empathy. Uh, I've I've heard a lot about this em empathy. Yes. Empathy. 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 Uh, there's empaths. The uh, what's her name on Star Trek was an empath. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. She could feel people real good. She's diplomatic. I forget her name. I don't know. Not big on my Star Trek trivia. Well, there's a lot of characters in Star Trek. There's a lot of Star Trek, but um, okay, so empathy. Yes, yeah, so when your partner is going through something, try to understand it, try to repeat back what they said, try to really feel what they're feeling. And that's different than sympathy, because sympathy would be like, oh, well, at least, like, oh, man, I feel bad for you. At least you didn't poop your pants, too. If a sentence that you're about to say starts with, at least when you're listening to someone say something really tragic, you should probably stop talking. That's the cue, huh? 
at least. I hear sentences that start with that when someone is talking, and I kind of cringe a little bit. So let's do a, a, a role play. So you just dropped your cheeseburger. Oh, boom. And, and if I was like... And it's a gluten-free it's bun, a gluten-free so it's $12. Bun, $12 gluten-free bun. And if I said, well, at least... You had the opportunity to hold that burger because some people don't oh, even get cheeseburgers. I hate it. Oh, that would so that's sympathy, but empathy would be. You look really sad. I'm here for you. Let me get you another. Let burger. me get you another burger. Yeah, I will reach down and we'll eat this dirty burger together. Yep. Awesome. Fair a, enough. A plus. Okay, I've learned empathy. Next next task. Two. Controlling one's feelings and stress. Okay. This is, that's a hard one because I know when I'm stressed out, my feelings kind of go crazy sometimes. Yeah, so they're together. So making sure that if you're in really angry mode, you try to dial it down. If you're stressed out, you try to figure it's that out. It's really easy to feel good when you are not stressed out. It is easier. But, uh, uh, but from uh, having a child and working, sometimes being stressed happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, could, I think stress can happen to anyone at any time, but I do think they're definitely, we are going through a season in life for a little bit where there's the opportunity to, for stress to be really high if we mm-hmm. don't keep it in check. And when stress is high, it wears on you and then your feelings go out. So this is saying just kind of be more, I feel like the best way for me to keep control of those things is just to be aware of them and to like scan myself and know how I'm doing in that moment. Yes. Okay. Check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. And number three is try to, and this kind of goes a little bit off of number two, is try to maintain positive views about your partner. Oh, that's really good. Because I found that, I mean, I think we've all experienced this. Over time, it can be easy to start seeing your pos- your partner in a negative light. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I've been at work and just hear people say really negative things about their significant other. and I feel like this one might actually be the hardest because I know that the people that I'm not going to pick on any specific workplace, but I've worked in a lot of different places and it always seems like the go to when talking about spouses is like, yeah, I love them. And they do these stupid things like, oh, they do this. Oh, this. Oh, this. And it's it gets really I don't feel like I'm that great, but I feel that I'm the odd one out when I talk about how our relationship is like hate- good. Like the wife joke that happens oh, in yeah. so many presentations. Or mm, husbands, am I right? And it's just like, well, okay, maybe culturally that's just supposed to be funny. But it's, I feel like it's not, like you're saying, we're trying to build, you're not going to have a good relationship if you can't talk positively about your yeah. spouse. And so that feeds off the second one a little bit. If you want your spouse to feel positively about you, Say nice things to them and do nice things for them. Because mm. the more you're doing for them, the more positive you are, the more positively they're going to think of you. Right. And in a genuine heart. Because I do feel that if you're like, I'm just going to do nice things so you'll think I'm nice. Like, I can smell that a mile away. I don't think that's bad. I would I would say, yeah, I would say do that anyway. Mm. Like, Fake I it till you make it, I guess? That's my thought. Okay, like, okay. Well, try it. You don't have to love it right away, but do it for a few weeks, and eventually you'll get in the habit. If it's something that you want to get to, if you're not, I would say don't get baited by talking bad about your partner at work or in groups of friends, and just try to not do it. And I think the fact of you not, the fact of you not doing it and trying to be positive, when you come home, it will make a difference. I firmly believe that. 
I, I believe that too. Very cool, Stephanie. So that's how to be happier in a relationship. That that is really great. I I feel like I'm okay at some of those. I think, I think I'm you're o- good at most of them. I think I'm okay at most of them, but it's nice. I'm trying to think if you're bad at any of these, and I don't think you're bad at any of them. Well, thank you. I do feel, though, having – I like having rules or not like a, being like legalistic about you have to do these things. But I like having, I guess, guideposts. I think it's helpful. I think yeah. – I always think of these articles as another tool in the toolbox. Like a compass. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be empathetic and all these things. Like, okay, so I need to turn my – my compass a little bit this way and just, yeah. just a good reminder every day uh, i think that's super helpful i really i really like that a lot cool i really like that so stephanie thank you so much for doing the work and doing the research and pulling out a two-parter for us if you wanted to mm-hmm. hear the rest of the emotionally focused uh therapy that this was a part of stephanie did a really great breakdown in our last week's episode i think that was episode 70 Woo-hoo. so you got to check that out and we also have besides that 69 other cool episodes of great relationship content that you should totally check out and tell oh, all your friends 70. about it. Well, I said, yeah, 70 minus last week's, right? I don't know. 70. This mm. is episode 71. Oh, I'm super bad at math. Okay, well, you know, just go listen to all of them. That's okay. I'm good at math. You're better with people. I'm good with people. And sometimes I feel that I wish I was better with math. <laughs> But Stephanie, thank you so much for doing that research. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to Two Peas in a Podcast, and I am just super happy that you're here listening. If you have uh, would like to get in contact with us, you can email us at contactppodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you like the show, share it with your friends, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And um, Stephanie, I think before we go, have anything else for us we hope that after listening to this podcast you learn that you can like each other very 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 much much.